and welcome to CCBJ Perspectives podcast, providing access to leaders and influencers within the ever-evolving ecosystem of lawyers and legal professionals. Today, we are pleased to welcome our guests, Ade Bakare and Esh Makombi, both of whom are members with McNeese, Wallace, and Nurek. Ade practices in the firm's energy and environmental group, where his practice focuses on issues involving water, sewer, and stormwater utility services, as well as electricity, natural gas, and oil pipeline matters. He counsels water, sewer, and stormwater clients on both regulatory and transactional matters, including rate making, intermunicipal agreements, regulatory compliance, and asset restructuring. Esh practices in McNeese real estate and pipeline oil and gas infrastructure practice groups. He focuses primarily on land use matters, including obtaining permits and approvals at the municipal, county, and state level. With his experience in relationships, he reaches favorable outcomes for clients in matters involving zoning, subdivision, land development, stormwater, noise, and traffic, among other issues. On a national level, Esh conducts zoning and land use due diligence associated with mergers and acquisitions and the purchase or sale of properties and businesses. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. It's our pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having us, Chris, and we're, we're happy to be on with uh, you and CCBJ. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It, no, it's wonderful. And it strikes me that your practice groups across many industries, because whether you're a re retail organization or an online business or um, a real estate professional, all of these matters can come into play. And so that seems like a really good fit for our audience, whether they're uh, landholders or, or leaseholders, to be able to understand better what may be coming down the pipeline for them. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, we're, we're fortunate to work at a, at a firm that has several different practice areas that, that allow us to, you know, narrow our focus onto to specific issues and, and matters and, and areas of the law to find a niche. Um, and so there's always something, something for everybody. Well, and, and our focus today is really going to be on diversity, equity, and inclusion issues, but that, that is an area that is, I would say, challenging to smaller business owners or entrepreneurs to understand the matters that both of you are involved in, but also just access to information. I, I think that's true. And I think I'll add that, especially in central Pennsylvania, this area isn't necessarily known as being a hotbed of diversity and inclusion, but many area businesses are doing what they can to try and attract uh, diverse and inclusive talent base to the region. And McNeese has uh, for a long time been one of those organizations that's working to improve diversity, both within our workplace and also in the region in general. So that leads us nicely to my first question, which is about McNeese. McNeese has a longstanding history of supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And if you can share some of that history with us, I think that would set the table nicely for this episode. Sure. It, it's well documented that law firms have over time generally struggled to achieve diversity and inclusion goals. And McNeese over the years has worked hard to attack those problems and do the best that we can to make sure that we provide a workplace that is inclusive and considerate of people from different backgrounds, whether it's different racial backgrounds, gender backgrounds, 
sexual orientation backgrounds and and whatever else whatever other background people that come to work at the firm may have i came to the firm in in 2011 and one of the programs that first caught my attention that the firm was heavily involved in is a program called the capital area managing partners 1l program and this is a pipeline program that was designed by several local businesses in conjunction with the Dauphin County Bar Association to provide opportunities for 1L law students, meaning first-year law students from diverse or challenging backgrounds, and give these students an opportunity to connect with employers in the central Pennsylvania area. You see, the way the law school works is most students have their premier internships during their second year of law school. The goal of this program was to provide diverse and otherwise disadvantaged first-year law school students with a leg up in an opportunity to get into a professional workspace during their first year summer with the goal that that experience would put them on a level playing field so they could be more competitive for opportunities during their second year in law school. And um, our former chairman, Dave Kreppinger, was one of the original architects of that program. And following his involvement, Mitnice has remained one of the um, original sponsors of the Camp 1L program. Uh, we even have one partner at our firm that was originally a successful applicant through the Camp 1L program. So that's just one of the many examples of Mitnice's efforts over the years to improve diversity and inclusion both, as I said, within our firm and the broader community. Yeah, and, and I'd just add also that, you know, recently the firm has taken steps to, to expand the reach of its diversity, equity, and, and, and inclusion committee. And as Ade said that, you know, central Pennsylvania may not be known for a focus on diversity and a focus on equity and, and inclusion. So I think it's always been important to, to McNeese uh, to try to you know lead the way in some respects, uh, both internally and now more and more externally uh, when it comes to uh, DEI. So in November of 2020, McNeese announced the Legal Equity Advancement Program or LEAP initiative, which is designed to provide up to five black owned or black controlled businesses with up to a year's worth of pro bono legal services. As we've discussed, there are so many ways to support DEI. What led your firm to this particular format? I'll let Ade speak to kind of the, the, the bigger picture and, and background of, of why it, it came up uh, to begin with, but you know, more focused to the question specifically. Uh, one of the associates in our firm, Rachel Hadrick, uh, came across a similar program and brought it to the attention of our management committee who decided to, to investigate it further. And once the program started taking off, uh, we reached out to a firm out of Baltimore, uh, Rosenberg Martin, uh, who had a, a similar program and had some initial conversations with them to, to see how they went about putting theirs together and, and to kind of help us find a, a jumping off point. And you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, I think the members at McNeese knew they needed to do something and you know, they easily could have written a check to, to various organizations and, and tried to make a difference that way. Um, but we felt that you know, we, we are a firm here in central Pennsylvania and we'd love to have a greater local impact. You know, we, we know that systemic racism 
is larger than anything uh, our firm or any other firm's going to be able to take on on its own. Um, but at the same time, you, you can chip away and, and you can create networks and you can build connections and you can help a couple uh, local businesses get a foothold and, and, and move things forward and, and break down some of those walls. And so for us, uh, a program like this was, was much, more, um, much more intimate, much more closer to home uh, and, and just kind of fit, fit our style a little bit better. I'll add a little more background there. And so just to buttress Esh's point, last year was a difficult year on many aspects for, for all of us, and McNeese was not immune from that. Uh, we, a group of us, particularly our diversity committee, which we had formed about three years ago, held several meetings last year to discuss issues such as the George Floyd murder and the, the effect of COVID-19 on the African-American community, and just the various, the, all the, the, the outcry from those events and the newfound attention and broader awareness of systemic racism amongst communities. And we thought that this was the right time for us to ramp up our historical efforts and try and figure out what we could really do to advance the issues that S mentioned in terms of building bridges and trying to do something to allow the local black community to, to benefit from our services and to signal that we want to move forward and we want to correct some of the historical um, historical wrongs through which we developed networks with certain parts of the community while not being as involved with other parts of the community, particularly the black community in Harrisburg. So th th that was really the impetus behind us um, reacting with, with great interest in the prospect of developing a program through which we can provide valuable pro bono legal services to black businesses in, in the area. And when Rachel came to, to me with the idea, having observed a law firm out of Baltimore, I think as mentioned Rosenberg Martin, that they themselves had developed a program that also that, that initially was in, intended to provide pro bono services to black businesses, we were excited. Um, I thought it was a fantastic idea and when we took it to management, it just lit a fire under everybody at the firm, including our, our chairman, Brian Jackson, uh, thought it was a fantastic idea. So we had backing from the highest levels of the firm. And with that, we were able to put together a task force to work on the programming details and really move it forward and bring the program to launch, which we did in November. So I think it's almost like you're reading my mind. My next question was about launching LEAP and whether it was a top-down initiative of more of an internal grassroots effort. If the two of you might be able to describe really what fueled this, not just from individuals, but the thrust behind the firm for it, whether it's from a budgetary standpoint or just a you know, the spirit of the firm, I think that would be fabulous. So the, the beautiful thing is it was absolutely both. It, it was very much top down and grassroots at the same time. We talked about how the initial idea came not from the chairman or from our chief marketing officer, but from an associate at our firm who happened to seize upon a concept that she saw in an article about an, another business in Baltimore. And she brought that to our attention. And that was really what was the initial catalyst behind the effort. But once she raised that to our diversity committee, we then took that proposal to management and got that top down backing that made it, that, that, that helped us marshal 
all of the firm's resources towards the program. Once we had the firm behind the program, uh, at, we, we convened a task force of, of various firm representatives, including SNI as, as members of the firm. We had four associates on our task force. We had a legal project management professional on our task force, and we had our chief marketing officer on the task force as well. As we began developing the program, we wanted to work within the community to get grassroots feedback to make sure that we tailored the program in a way that was responsive to the needs of the community. So before we launched the program, we went out and made contacts. We spoke to the African American Chamber of Commerce. We had discussions with members of the young professionals of color. And so we really wanted to make sure that we had some feedback from the, the exact population, the specific community that we wanted to, to serve with this program. And those two efforts combined to help us design the LEAP program in a way that we think has been very successful to date. And without that grassroots component, I don't think we would have generated the response that we were able to when we put out the call for applications in November. Yeah, I, I think you know Ade made makes some great points in there. And you know, at, at the end of the day, we realized very early on that we were not in a position to tell others what they need, you know, what what this program needs to be. Uh, our job, I think, early on was defined to find out what the people in our community felt they needed, what type of program they needed, where they needed support. And so, you know, as, as Ade mentioned, speaking with the African-American Chamber and other Black business leaders in the Harrisburg and Central Pennsylvania area, uh, we were able to, to tailor, uh, tailor the program to, you know, put forward what we hope will be the greatest benefit to, to everybody involved. So can you describe to us more in detail about the process for application, the criteria or the rubric, and also who makes the final decision on who the beneficiaries will be? Yeah, so we put together what, what I think is a pretty robust and deliberate process. The original three basic criteria were geographic location, uh, we wanted to limit it to, you know, where our, our main footprint is here locally, uh, which is South Central Pennsylvania and is, uh, approximately an eight county region. Uh, number two is, you know, it is a pro bono program. So we were looking for businesses that could not currently afford legal services. Uh, some of the businesses were startups. Some of the businesses have been around for seven, eight, nine, ten years and, uh, and we're just in a, in a growth, uh, a growth mode. Uh, and others, you know, perhaps uh, were not able to pay for legal services currently because of COVID. And so there are a number of reasons why uh, a business could meet that criteria. And then the third criteria is, uh, you know, that the business needs to be black owned or operated greater than 50% uh, ownership from a black individual uh, or operated by a black individual. So that, that was the basic criteria. Uh, we received 81 applications, uh, which was a shock for us. Uh, we had hoped for 30 or 40. Uh, so when we saw 81, we knew there was an absolute need for a, a program like this and, and probably more programs like this uh, in South Central Pennsylvania and in other locations uh, throughout the state and, and elsewhere. Uh, and so it was great for us uh, to see 
wonderful feedback from our clients and partners and other professionals that we work with that, that wanted to jump in and lend a hand, um, you know, whether it was a commercial broker uh, offering a reduced rate to, to find um, office space for, for a potential awardee uh, or a business consultant uh, offering their hand, putting together business plans. Um, you know, the, the outreach was great. From there, uh, our committee met a few times and, and narrowed, uh, narrowed the list of applicants down based off of their applications. And eventually we narrowed it down to 12 finalists. And we've spent the last week interviewing those 12 finalists. And our committee will meet uh, next Tuesday uh, to make a final decision and, and choose the awardees. Uh, so we're very excited about the upcoming week. As mentioned in the committee, and I think in, I previously described the composition of that committee being uh, composed of McNeese, various McNeese professionals. I, I should add that one aspect of the program that, we want, that we're gonna work on going forward after we select the winners is we wanna do more than just offer legal services for the winning applicants. We want to connect them with our networks and, and, and the professional community that, that we know in, in such a Pennsylvania area. And part of that's gonna involve working with partners, say if we have, for example, one, one of them, in addition to legal services, may want help with marketing. We can connect them with some of our marketing partners and other outside agencies. We can perhaps provide training sessions for the applicants from say, for example, a financial investment firm or an, an accounting firm to educate them on what they can be doing to get their 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 their, their books in order and make sure that they that they have all the appropriate resources that they would need to grow their business and expand. We want to connect them through social events, have them attend various events and seminars with McNeese attorneys. So the the program will be more than just providing the pro bono legal services. We intend to involve them in all aspects of our business relationships and connect them with other outside partners as well. I think you know the the hope is that with with some of the ancillary uh, benefits that that we're finding with the program, uh, we hope that those can be passed on to to all of the applicants, not just the the five awardees who who will receive a year's worth of legal services. You know we're we're hopeful that through webinars and seminars we can reach uh, all of the applicants. You know with with uh, educational opportunities and and networking opportunities. That sounds like an exciting initiative for sure. And we're working on an initiative here called Project Inclusion, which doesn't necessarily offer the technical skills or training that your firm is offering, but we're working on designing a way to develop networks, whether it's among the LGBT community or people of color or within the women's network, just being able to give people access to more people with power and influence and also experience and and a wider network than they may have so i, I commend you both um, it, it leads me to my my next question which is what is your personal involvement with the initiative and what drove you to become a part of this effort from mcneese yeah i, I think you know both, both Ada and myself are, are members with the firm. Um, we both sit on the hiring committee. We both sit on the diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. But I don't think it's for any of those reasons that, that either of us are involved with the initiative. 
you know, for, for me personally, you know, as Ade had said, 2020, you know, opened my eyes again, you know, to systemic racism and, and what others have to deal with on a daily basis. And I think it can become very easy uh, to sit and, and, you know, be frustrated and, and upset about it uh, passively and never take steps to make a difference. And so when this program came along, for me at least, uh, as a white male living in, in central Pennsylvania, uh, it, it was an obvious opportunity to try to do something that, that might make a difference. And you know, certainly um, we're hopeful that it will make a difference to the five awardees and, and that we can get them some legal services that, that might not otherwise be available to them. But I'm really hopeful that there's, there's a ripple effect beyond and between the applicants, um, but also in, you know, in, in the rest of the local legal industry and professionals uh, here that, that have you know, kind of opened their doors and opened their arms to want to wanna be involved and help out and, and, and not sit back uh, and, and watch things happen any longer, but, but to really jump in and, and, and be a part of some change. And I think I'll add to that for my part that I attended a um, diversity and inclusion seminar put on by Thompson Routers in New York City a few years ago. And one message that was really hammered home at that conference that, that impacted me was that diversity is an active pursuit. And you, you can't achieve the goals of diversity and inclusion and equity by just not being, not being terrible, you know, by just saying, oh, you know, we're, we're good people. We're, we're open to diversity and we don't have a problem with it. You have to do more than that. If you're going to really correct the historical uh, systemic racism and implicit biasness that has brought us to the point where we are today, you have to actually take active steps to bridge the gaps and as S mentioned, forge those connections and repair some of the institutional distrust in, in communities that have been ignored by uh, the broader business uh, culture for, for some time. And I think part of my, my belief in this program and my involvement in these efforts is that I, I think that there is a, a cadre of people in the business community that genuinely want to improve in these areas and are willing to, to, to make, take the affirmative steps to, to provide opportunities to minority and disadvantaged communities. And I'm proud to be a part of that as a member at McNeese. Oh, I can certainly appreciate where you're coming from, both of you, as somebody who's been following and participated in DEI initiatives for more years than I'd like to admit. Um, it, it is easy to, to sign on to a proclamation and it's a lot more work to develop an initiative that, that fuels success for other organizations or individuals. So I, I can see where this is a major commitment for, for McNeese. Um, can you talk Talk a little bit about your aspirations for LEAP, both short and long-term. So I think in the short term, we're, we're very focused on completing the application process as gave an update on the status of the process. So we're looking forward to selecting the, uh, the winners next week and providing the public announcement of the uh, five recipients of our inaugural LEAP awards. Uh, but also in the short term, we want to make sure that we, number one, really help those businesses uh, through our work with them over the course of, of the next year as we provide them with pro bono legal services. But we also uh, have recognized that the fact that we received 81 applications indicates that there is 
a significantly greater need beyond just the five winners of the, of the inaugural LEAP program. So we also want to provide opportunities to bring together the community of businesses that submitted applications to the LEAP program and provide them with, for example, potential webinars or other activities that could provide some educational opportunities and some skills training for those applicants that were not receiving of the final awards in this round. Uh, going forward, we're interested in working to see if we can scale this program. Uh, we're, we're exploring potential partnership opportunities to leverage resources and perhaps offer additional awards in the future. But we definitely are, in terms of the long term, interested in preserving the energy, taking what we've learned from this initial phase of the LEAP program and developing a plan to provide whether either a future iteration of the program or some other similar um, similar opportunity to, to provide benefits to deserving businesses and other members of the community. We think this is a great initiative for us right now in 2020 and 2021, but we view this as, as the start of what we hope will be a, a long-term successful program uh, at McNeese and, and look forward to bringing in other partners to bring that to a fruition. I would echo uh, Ade's comments and, and only add that, you know, short term, I think there's, there are already lots of successes to look at. You know, I, I think this program uh, opened the eyes of many individuals in our firm and, and created conversations and discussions within the, uh, the LEAP task force uh, on the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee and, and within the, the membership and uh, employees of the firm generally. And, and at the end of the day, a lot of this is about having, having discussions and, and conversations around the issue of systemic racism. Um, in addition, you know, I, I think it has uh, shown us a number of other great businesses that are in um, South Central Pennsylvania and that will be able to engage and interact with each other uh, in one way or another. Um, and so I think, you know, hearing some of the feedback from those applicants that just the conversations we've had during an interview, or, you know, one mentioned that just reviewing the application really made him go back and, and look at, you know, his business practice and is, is he considering things that he should be considering? And, you know, are there legal issues that he wasn't aware of, um, but just by, putting together our, our application and, and looking at the materials that came with it made him aware uh, of some certain of certain legal uh, issues that that he may want to familiarize himself with or or look into a little bit further. Uh, so short term, I think we already have had some successes, but certainly, you know, we would love to see the, the five awardees thrive and, and, and do well and, and continue to be uh, partners with McNeese for a long time. Um, and that, you know, as Ade said, that, you know, hopefully a program can continue and, and there'll be a ripple effect to get more people involved. So how can organizations like CCBJ or others be supportive of your LEAP program? I think what you can do is what you're doing right now is to help us um, promote the program and raise awareness of it. Um, interviews like this help the broader public uh, become aware of it. And perhaps somebody who's listening to this program might be involved in, in partnering with us in the future. So I think continuing to stay in touch with us, um, continuing to, to, to monitor the program and checking on our progress 
and, and knock on wood successes with it will go a long way towards spreading the word of the program and making sure that anybody who's either interested in applying for LEAP in the future or working with us to help um, uh, further the program and, and, and provide resources that could be allocated to improve and scale the program, I think those are the kinds of, of, of public, public discussions, or not, not public discussions, but general discussions that will help us drive this forward and going and in the future increase the opportunities we can provide for uh, Black-owned businesses in the area. Yeah, I think, you know, continuing to, to do what you're doing right now and, and helping spread the word, not just about uh, LEAP, but other programs that are out there and, and the opportunities that uh, that might exist. And, you know, certainly if, if any of your listeners or CCBJ's uh, readers have questions about uh, our program and, and how they might be able to set up something similar, uh, Ade and I are, are ready and willing to, to have those conversations, just like uh, the great people over at Rosenberg Martin did for us. Uh, so if there's you know, any questions we can answer, you know, offline, uh, we're happy to, to take them. Well, I appreciate that. We've had this conversation with other groups where sometimes, you know, there's an award ceremony or something along those lines, but nobody's willing to share the playbook. Um, so your, your firm's openness and Rosenberg's openness, I think will bear fruit for for many who, who have an authentic interest in it. We appreciate that. And we certainly agree that we, our goal is to provide benefits for the community and anybody that's interested in furthering that same goal, we're open to have a conversation with and share the insight and knowledge that, that we've gained so that hopefully we, we would love to be a catalyst and inspire similar efforts from other community businesses, both in Harrisburg, in the broader Central Pennsylvania community, and even outside of Pennsylvania. So we, we, we benefited from Rosenberg Martin sharing their knowledge with us. And we would certainly want to provide the same opportunity to anybody that wants to talk to S and I about our experiences in, in structuring a program or a similar um, similar opportunity for their business. Thank you both for joining us today and for all of your insights and openness. I think that if we can uh, regroup at this time next year and hear how things have progressed and the the exponential impact of the initiative would be terrific. Yep. Thank you very much for having us. We, we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to, to tell our story a little bit and uh, would love to, to speak with you uh, again in you know six or 12 months and, and see where things stand at that point. Thank you very much. We appreciate the time. Thank you both. Thank you for joining us today and we'll keep in touch.